The views and opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the author and any content provided by the host or the guests of this podcast are based on their own opinions and upon information that they consider accurate or reliable. It should not be relied upon as such. The content should be only considered for entertainment purposes only. Thanks. Pop Moms rule. Hi, I'm Kate. I'm a hardworking mom of three who smokes pot. And I'm tired of feeling bad about it. And I'm tired of hiding it. I'm no longer downplaying the helpful benefits of consuming cannabis to make other people feel comfortable. And it turns out I'm not alone. Let's break that stigma together. Welcome to season two of the Pot Moms podcast. Nice. This season, we've got a lot of fun things in store. More education, more reviews, more smoke sessions, more hearing from listeners about their experiences with cannabis. And, of course, more fake or real new strain name games. Mmm, that's dope. Except make a video. We're going to be doing as much as we can on video this season. Creating a community during these isolating times is important, and I know I, for one, need it. This first episode of season two features the Kevin Smith. Kevin is a writer, actor, director, dog dad, human dad, husband, vegan, entrepreneur, cannabis consumer and advocate, and so many more things. Kevin has been a longtime inspiration through his work to break the stigma, his self-confidence, his self-promotion, and overall, he's a really dope guy. Kevin became a wake-and-bake stoner at the tender age of 38. And his first time smoking weed was with Seth Rogen. He actually credits him with breaking his stereotype of the lazy stoner. Weed makes Kevin feel like who he really is. And I think that's really powerful. Enjoy this episode because I know I sure as shit did. Watch me freak out as tech wins and Kevin Smith continues to amaze. A shout out and thank you to Kevin for making this happen and for everyone who has helped make season two a reality. Head on over to our YouTube channel and subscribe so you can be the first to be alerted to new content. You can also listen and subscribe to the podcast through Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. As always, Check out www.potmomspodcast.com and subscribe to our email list. Lastly, follow us on Instagram at potmomspodcast. New content released weekly on Wednesday. Welcome to the PMP. The Pop Moms Podcast. It's the Pop Moms Podcast. Oh, it's on. And away we go. Okay. Can you hear us? Yay. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for <laughs> taking time. This whole thing. No problem. It's just in, a, in a, on a podcast called Pop Moms, when they can't get the tech together, you're kind of understandable. <laughs> right. right. We. It's right there in the title. The pop part means that there's always going to be, wait, does this work? How does this work? <laughs> Oh, shit, it doesn't work. But we got it to work. Here we are on audio, man. And also, to be fair, like everybody hitting, uh, at least in my neighborhood, 
the internet right between noon and four o'clock. That's when it's like the traffic is the absolute worst. And since everybody's home, it's tough to kind of get a clear video signal through. Got you. Okay. Well, yeah, that was a totally crazy way to go ahead and start that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Fun as hell, man. That's real. That's what makes That's it That's true. And we have video of me just like freaking out over it. So that'll be fun to go ahead and, <laughs> and relive a couple more times when I edit. So that's totally awesome. Yay. Okay, so um, we are the hosts of the Pop Moms podcast, and um, we're advocating for the normalcy of cannabis use for everyone, and specifically moms. I'm Eunice. And I'm Kate. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I've turned my mom on to uh, weed, my my own mother, uh, years ago. Um, She's more of a a vapor with a pen and stuff like that. Flower hits her a little hard because she was never a smoker in her entire life. But it's done worlds for her. She has that restless leg syndrome. And, you know, aside from having heart problems and all the health problems that she has, is like 73-year-old woman and stuff. You know, it's one less prescription she has to throw in her for the for the restless leg syndrome because uh, she can uh, use weed, man. Like, uh, so I'm all for pot as we all know and i'm all for pot for moms but you guys are in a state and i'm in a state too where it's just like of course weed for all uh legal free for all yeah (laughs) totally but in a lot of parts of the country of course it's still not like it man and i spend a lot of time online on social media and doing podcasts and streaming and stuff and sometimes i forget that the rest of the world is not like my own backyard you know, where it's just like, mm-hmm. I'm sitting around all day smoking weed and people are like, lucky you. I live in a state where I get arrested for that kind of shit. So right. I was kind of hoping before, uh, you know, that, that uh, like a year ago that this would be the big election issue um, uh, going into the 2020 uh, election. The idea of like legalization. Uh, but that seems to be pushed way back now in, in the face of uh, the quarantine and COVID and stuff like that. So it'll probably be at least another two, three years before we see nationwide legalization like they got up in Canada. But at least, you know, you guys and me, we're, we're in some pretty safe places where we can toke like crazy. But it should be like that for everybody, for heaven's sakes. Especially now, like, oh my God, could you imagine all these people stuck in the house, man? Like, I'm sure a lot of them have access to weed, not through legal channels and stuff, but like, it just takes the edge off, man. It makes it uh, a lot easier to stay in one place and shelter in place. Uh, I wish it was legal nationwide at this point, but looks like it'll be a minute. Yeah, I I thought the same exact thing. It's been such a lifesaver for like a lot of moms that um, we talked to, too. You know, like kind of in the beginning, we, we came in and <clears throat> it was a little bit more... Like, I felt bad because my intake went up, but then I was like, well, do you want to be, like, a horrific monster to your children, or do you just want to be a little higher? (laughs) And I chose the latter. And also, in in terms of intake going up, we're talking about a substance that won't make Mm -hmm, you an addict, for heaven's sakes. It's not like I increased my dosage and I got even more hooked. Like, this is coffee. This is the way I always think (laughs) of weed. It's exactly like coffee. I don't drink coffee, but my wife can't function without it and stuff. So, you know, I see people throughout the day walk around past the Starbucks. Everybody lines up for coffee and whatnot. Weed to me is coffee. It's the thing that makes me go. It's not, it doesn't make me sit down and want to be in one place. Uh, I don't know how I metabolize it, but, and, and it doesn't matter if I'm smoking sativa or an indica. Weed is my starter's pistol. And I think that came from years ago when I decided to become a wake and bake stoner at age 38. I was like, you know what? If you're going to do this, 
you haven't been this your entire life. You know, prior to age 38, I could count on like two hands the amount of times I'd smoke weed across the entire spectrum of my life, uh, which some people find uh, weird because, you know, Jay and Silent Bob. But I was mm-hmm. well, that's just movies. Like, you know, it wasn't until I was age 38 I worked on Zach and Mary make a porno with Seth Rogen. Uh, and he, of course, mm-hmm. is a world-class stoner, man. And the first stoner I ever met who's a functional stoner. He's awesome. I.e., like, you know, the I'd always believe the stereotype because any stoner I knew, like, couldn't get anything done, couldn't put things together. But Seth was the first functional stoner I ever met, and he said, there's a bunch of us in this business, people that smoke a fuck ton of weed but were incredibly productive and get shit done all day long. So he broke the stereotype for me. We didn't even smoke the whole movie. It was the last day of the show. Uh, My friend had been saying, like, man, Seth wants to smoke with you. And I was like, yeah, but I don't smoke weed. And he goes, he don't know that. He thinks you're Silent Bob, man. And he's a he's a cinematic stoner icon. And you're a cinematic stoner icon. You got to smoke together. And I was like, I what are you kidding me? I could never smoke weed and do anything, much less make a movie, you know. And so it wasn't until the end of the show, uh, last day of production, we were just doing pickup shots with Seth. And I finally said to him, I was like, hey, man, how about later on we come up to the editing room uh, and we'll watch some stuff, and then you and me smoke some of that weed I hear so much about. And he was like, finally. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, I smoked, and I absolutely loved who I was that night. I was so free. Um, I wasn't like, uh, I got to put up a performance of Kevin Smith, what people expect. I just was Kevin Smith, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yes, totally. I feel that. And I loved it. And I was like, oh, heavens, I feel like who the fuck I really am and stuff. And then I didn't smoke again for months. Like, let's say that was, let me see, uh, March, April. I didn't smoke again till July. Uh, and in July, like, uh, I live in a house with my wife and our kid and my wife's parents have lived with us since our kid was very small. So we got five people in the house and stuff. And, um, you know, when Byron and Gail, that's Jen's parents, uh, would go out, they would take the kid. So they went away like up to Big Bear for the weekend. And so I was like, oh, my God, like we have the whole place to ourselves. Let's be fucking transgressive. Let's do something like naughty. Let's, I don't know, fucking bring in hookers or something (laughs) weird because we don't have our parents here. And Jennifer was like, don't we have weed left over in the safe that we got from Trish for Christmas? And like two years prior her friend Trish had left weed for us that just sat in the safe. And I was like, yeah, oh, my God, let's let's go do that. And so I rolled like the worst joint on the planet. <laughs> That's for your second time smoking weed, basically. <laughs> kind of like, and, and the first time smoking with her. Yeah. And um, and so uh, it was, you know, look, at the end of the day, it did the job. Didn't need a primo rolling job because, you know, we just had to ingest it. And in ingesting it, I loved who I was. And we had such a great night. Like, aside from like, you know, oh my God, we had great sex and shit. We grabbed a cab because this is before the days of Uber. And went to this restaurant, don't exist anymore in L.A., called Simon, which, like, had this dessert platter called the Circus Circus. And it had, like, cotton candy. Oh, my gosh. um, Devil dogs, homemade cupcakes, peanut butter shake. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. Oh, it's just, like, stop your heart. And we sat there feeding each other this thing obnoxiously, (laughs) man. It was tremendous. And so after that, I was like, you know what, man? Like. I'm I'm 38 goddamn years old and I built my shit from scratch and whatnot. I should be able to smoke some weed if I want to because I grew up in the age of the 80s. I was born in 1970. Mm-hmm. And so while I was growing up in the 80s, that was the Nancy Reagan just say no era Fair. where they equated mm-hmm. pot with fucking cocaine and heroin for God's sake. 
Mm-hmm. It was the gateway drug. <laughs> so there was a bias built up over a lifetime. And then, you know, finally I'm like, what? A, this is crazy. Like Seth Rogen doing a bunch of shit. Not only is he making my movie, he's making three different better <laughs> versions of my movie that he ad libs. And then he goes back to his trailer and works on another movie with his buddy Evan and stuff. He's always productive. So I was like, you know, maybe I can smoke some weed as an adult every night i can have a joint man and so i started smoking like a, a little adult treat a little bit i was like it's time i'm a parent for heaven's sake so at six o'clock at night i started having a joint for a week and then i was like this is great but like you know i don't i don't really have a real job so i probably don't have to wait till six o'clock so maybe i can roll that back to <laughs> noon or something like that and then i started smoking at noon and after a week of that i was like you know, life would be so much fucking better if I just, you know, started this the moment I wake wake up. What was the point of pretending mm -hmm. to get to this? Like, this would really get me out of bed. And so I became a wake and bake stoner. And I made a promise to myself where I was like, look, if you're going to do this, this is a massive life change, a massive shift. Everybody who knows you, even the people that patronize your work, uh, even though you've made movies about stoners, you've not been a fucking stoner before. Who knows what kind of dynamic this will create. So if you're going to do this, you have to choose to be creative at every given moment that you're going to smoke. So if you're lighting a joint, you got to be working on a script or recording a podcast or doing this or doing that. I had to tie it to productivity so that I could be beyond reproach. I didn't want to be criticized for becoming a stoner at age fucking 38 and shit. So my idea was like, as long as I'm productive, they can't, nobody can say anything, mm -hmm. you know, like I, it's not like, oh, he started smoking weed and then fucking he just like slacked off. So my productivity from 2008, 2009 forward increased uh, like fivefold. Like I do way more shit now than I used to do <laughs> before I was a stoner. Well, because it's all just so much more interesting. You know what I mean? And your creativity can flow. Yeah. And also, I want to smoke a lot. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So like, you know, in order to smoke, I got to be doing something. So it just forces me to be more productive, more creative. And be, as a byproduct, because I want it like this is the path that I've chosen. This is like, this is what I want for myself. And now I got to fashion my world so that I'm not disrupting anybody and, and stuff. But because of that, like suddenly I was able to design in a complete lifestyle that's like predicated on mostly being around the house. So when this quarantine began, I was like, I'm all set. Like, <laughs> I've got this down to a science. I've been sitting in the house smoking for a while. Yeah, you also have a drone that Yeah, I'm like, you have I know. If my, if you I had a drone delivering me weed, I don't think I'd ever leave my house. Like <laughs> that, You got that's, that's marketing that works. That's adorable. Uh, that is not, that wasn't real at all. The guys uh, that run Caviar Gold, uh, Caviar Mike, he's the guy that makes our weed. We make uh, this Jay and Silent Bob. We, we make uh, Snoogans, Snoochie Boochies. And, it's amazing. And so good. It's so it's good. So good. We, yes. Oh, he does it's such so a great good. job. That yeah. Caviar Gold shit is the truth. And, and like I sought him out because I'd been smoking this this weed i buy it from a place out here called herbarium and so i loved his weed and i did this like a little short called the cavi challenge where you have to smoke it in 15 minutes and stuff and when i was done uh somebody was like you should meet mike i was like who's mike and he's like he's the guy who created all this so i met him and i said we got this movie coming out jane silent bob reboot and in the movie they smoke three strains that they've created man i want to create that in real life with you with your with your weed so he created three different profiles of uh of weed one is sativa one a indica and one was a hybrid but he puts distillate into his weed so it mm -hmm. jacks his top shelf flower right the fuck up man so it's like the snoogans the uh, which is the the indica stuff 
Uh, the fucking Stugans joint. Let me grab the so I can read the THC. I got one here, and on it it says THC cannabinoids. THC uh, fifty four point eighteen milligrams. Oh my god, that's wild! And he also jacked CBD into this motherfucker now, so it's got forty six. Uh, milligrams of CBD on top of it. So this is like the Snoogans joint is like what a lot of people like I smoke a f- half of that and I fall right the fuck asleep. It's like taking a blanket out of the dryer and putting it around your body. <laughs> oh, you are not kidding. But I, as a as a productive stoner, somebody who fancies himself a productive stoner, I like to try to every once in a while, I don't do it all the time, but I like to fucking start the day with the heaviest fucking shit and work through mm-hmm. that. That makes the day a little more fun where it's just like. That's what I do every day, actually. I like, I I need it in the morning. I need the stoniest stuff in the morning because I'm not a morning person. Mm-hmm. Um, So I need it just, for me, that's like a good way for me to like get going for some reason, like doing a jump start. Just I can't function. I can't get myself straight. So so true. Yeah, that's really that's have, the, yeah. That's your morning coffee, man. And you know, there's yeah. some people because I grew up with the stigma of like this is drugs or whatnot. But uh, I would suggest this for any parent, not just a pot mom, but a pot dad, a pot grandparent, anybody that has to deal with not just a child or an offspring, anybody that has to deal with anybody in this fucking world. Because right now. We live in probably the most hostile era short of the Old West when motherfuckers just shoot each other in the street or something like that. <laughs> Don't be a part of that, you know? Like, that's the only... You can't change people. People are what they are. A lot of them are going to be hostile and stuff. The only thing we could do is not add to that. And by being a, sm- a stoner, I don't know any hostile stoners. I don't know anybody who jumps out of their manager bag as a stoner, man. I'm not saying necessarily we keep the peace, but we don't start shit. And if you don't start none, there won't necessarily be none. So I advocated for everybody except kids. Like I remember when I was in uh, high school, you know, there were a lot of stoners and stuff. You know, now I'm an adult as a stoner. I'm like, kids don't need this. Like life is is wonderful when you're a kid. Like life gets fucking hard later. You're basically high all the time. Like that's the whole thing about being a kid. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. You're like living. Yeah, that's why when high. you smoke yeah. weed, you feel like a kid. That's why I went down the slip and slide the other week. Exactly. Like. Kids don't need this, but adults, fuck yeah. I realized that part uh, weed was going to be a part of my matrix the moment I cognized, oh shit, there is way more fucking time behind me than there's probably going to be in front of me. The moment I started thinking like, oh my God, I forgot. Like this all ends and one day I fucking die. Weed made it so much easier to deal with, you know, because suddenly you're smoking and you're like, yeah, but still, let's get some shit done before that happens. You know, you... <laughs> and like then like flex. <laughs> yes, yes. You don't have a defeatist attitude. I've never met a defeatist stoner. You know, we're full of ideas. Not all of them good, but it's true. It does. I, You know, some people have been like, asked me, does it make you write better? You know, because I fancy myself a writer in life. I said, no, it does not make you write better. However... It will make you open to ideas that previously you would have chucked out. Previously, you would have been like, oh. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. Do you work out better when you're high? Like, when you go, you know what I mean? Like, do you use that, like, in, you know, you created a pretty strict regimen for yourself after your your health scare? Totally. I I have... Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, number one, I'm just always fucking high. So it like it's Same. not like I right, get stoned before I work out. There's always THC in my system. The wonderful thing about working out is uh, THC stores up in fat cells. 
So as you, you do anything, you know, cardio, as you're breaking down any fat cells whatsoever, it's releasing stored THC. You're getting like secondary jolts of old yeah. THC that's been just sitting in your fat cells. So when I started losing weight after the heart attack, I went vegan. Um, and, and that eliminates like most of the shit that put on weight in the first place and whatnot. And then I became an intermittent faster. So like I eat, well, back in the day I used to eat on like a 16, eight, like, uh, uh, uh clock. So 16 hours of fasting and then an eight hour feeding window. Yeah. Same here. But I got that down to like 20 hours of fasting with a four hour feeding window. Wow. Damn. It's easy though. It's like crazy easy. It's just it's just about getting in the routine of it. Yes. Like I've been doing eleven to seven. Oh, that's great. Like sometimes I'll go more and then, but I will just eat during that time. And like honest to God, it gets easier. I'm the and opposite. I like it. I feel like so much. I feel so much better. I'm like the opposite of both of you. I graze for about twenty hours and and fast for four. <laughs> <laughs> that was the oh, I used to love that. That was my old life. I miss that sometimes. I, I mean, one of my favorite things in the world to do. Uh, even probably more than sex is lay in bed, watch TV, and eat food, man. Like there's no. Oh my god, me too. And hi. Me too. Stone What's your favorite? So What's your favorite? Oh, you What's your favorite? I start Stone like I'm a big Beyond Burger fan, so I will make two Beyond Burgers, bring them down with me, and then I've got these vegan potato chips that are made with like potato and sorghum. Uh, and then there's this amazing vegan ice cream that I dig into, Van Leers, that's like just insane. So mm. I. I watch, yeah. I'm programmed, like as a kid, we used to sit in front of the TV, eat a TV dinner and watch the TV. So like, you know, we're not supposed to eat that way. We're supposed to kind of sit down, eat, and then get up and go. It's not about entertainment. It's about, you know, fueling the body or something like that. But when you're watching TV, you're combining so two amazing pleasures at once, man. And you can just feed, depending on how long the program is. If it's 30 minutes, you are literally feeding for 30 minutes straight. If it's two hours, you are making that last for two hours. And people aren't meant yeah. to eat that way and stuff. That's why Americans look the way they do. So I still I still do it. Uh, it's, it's the one like luxury I still afford myself when I break my fast. I usually do it right in front of fucking TV and stuff. Like in a world where I haven't eaten 20 hours, not only am I going to enjoy this food, but I'm going to fucking enjoy it while enjoying something else. But it's yeah. really not the best way to do it, they say. The idea is to like sit down at a table, away from everything, feed and walk away. But like, especially in this time of quarantine. Yeah, man. Where there are so few pleasures to run to or or get lost in. The idea of watching things while eating, I think, has really captured the entire world at mm -hmm. this point. Like, it's become everybody's favorite pastime. I remember going into the uh, quarantine, like, you know, I'm here with my wife, and uh, her parents were with us as well, and uh, my daughter and her boyfriend are locked down with us as well. Going into the quarantine, I was like, we are going to have so much sex. <laughs> and that did not happen at all. Like, <laughs> It, it just it, like, you know, because you feel like, oh, there's so yeah. much time. And really what it is, is everyone's in the yeah. house. So you can't really get anything going on. <laughs> yeah. But like since since we can't go to sex, the next best thing is like, let's watch some Simpsons and eat some yeah. fucking ice cream, you know, and that's in some some ways absolutely better and stuff. So, yeah, I love sitting and eating and watching TV, but I tried to eliminate food as entertainment like i used to do food as reward like i'm just going to do this and then i get to eat and still it is a, a bit of that even in my 20 slash four hour fast because you just heard me i'm like god damn it after 20 hours i get to watch tv and eat food <laughs> that's taking food into a reward-based system and if you're you know 
anyone could reward themselves on a regular basis, then you lose control of your eating. So what I also try to do is substitute my greens with my greens. So sometimes when I'm like, oh, I can eat, I can watch the show and eat. I'm like, you know what? Watch the show and fucking smoke a joint Mm -hmm. because you're going to get something else out of it. You're going to enjoy it on a whole different level. You just want something to do while this thing is going on because you're a spoiled little human being who came from America who can't just focus on one thing. So since you're such a child that you can't just watch your program and enjoy it, if you must do something in conjunction with it, leave food to the side, spark the fuck up, and you'll enjoy this program even more. I used to sit like in my spot on the couch and I would have, I had this pipe that um, sat, it was ergonomic, so it would like sit on your lip, you could just sit it on your lip for a long time and your lip wouldn't get tired, (laughs) but I would hold it in my hand (laughs) in a certain way and then have my lighter tucked in, and I would just sit like that from the moment I got home, and this is pre-kids, and walk around the house and like everything, it was always just in my hand to like, until I went to bed, and that's how I would watch TV, and that, to your point, would keep me from like just eating everything in the house from the time I got home until I went to bed. It is one of those like people outside of, uh, you know, the space outside of the weed space, of course, uh, like I was at one point, uh, always have the the misinformation of like, yeah, but if I smoke weed, it's going to give me the munchies. And I've found that that's not necessarily the case. I mean, like I increased my weed intake, Jesus, at least, you know, a hundredfold clearly when I started smoking and I'm, I've been smoking weed now. It's coming up for uh, on like 12 years. I'm going to be 50 in August. So at that point, 12 years of smoking weed, I, I remember in the beginning, the kid was young and I had to kind of like keep it away from her and stuff. Thank God the kid's about to turn 21. <laughs> so I smoke with her. What is it like for you guys? How old are, as pot moms, what kind of kids are we talking about? How old? I have a three-year-old Ugh. and I have a, two four and eight year old oh my god you guys deserve all the fucking pot for heaven's sake thank you we agree oh my god we abide like if one alone one small one alone is like i I couldn't even imagine at this point jason muse my my closest friend in the world him and his wife jordan they have uh logan their daughter logan she's five years old and so they you know their lockdown quarantine experience has been completely different from mine because totally. my kid's grown up has a boyfriend so she's like taking care of herself and whatnot and we see each other periodically but Jason and Jordan are on like you guys yeah. you're on 24/7 you're also the school yep. you're also like we got to entertain you you also have to explain to them why we're in this situation so and why meals. they can't see their you friends you have to make so oh. many meals and snacks all day snacks like oh yeah. my god i feel like all i do is yeah, 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 it's wild. Yeah, it's what is so? Give me your daily experience, man. From the wake up to the go to sleep. When do you do you wake and get to smoke and then start the day, or do you have to do your shit before you could get to a smoke? And where does one smoke? Like you must have. Mm-hmm. Do you like? Do you have space in your house that's yours, or do you have to go outside because you got kids? So like little. Oh yeah, I'll go. So I <laughs> I love my morning routine. I sometimes. <laughs> So I'll usually um, wake up at about five to go ahead and get some like kid free work done. And I take all my vitamins and I take exactly two hits of um, this off my vape, like as I blow into my closet. Um, (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm painting you the full picture. Um, So I do that and I I blow it into the closet because I don't want the smoke to like hang out in the bathroom because I would just feel bad about that. Um, And then I immediately like goal or task oriented. I go and I sit down in front of my computer or like any things like project based things that I have to do for work. And um, 
I just sit down and I do as much as I can. Um, I, we have chickens in our backyard, so I let the chickens out about 6.30. And then the kids kind of start waking up at 7. But they do this really cute thing where they actually want me to come back to bed in order for them to wake up. So then they come uh. into our bed. <laughs> and then we – like someone ends up getting hurt. That's like every – Every morning something happens, like a knee to an eye or something like that. Um, my, my daughter just flat out slapped the two-year-old across his face <laughs> the other day. Um, <laughs> so then we do the, like, breakfast dance, right? Like, for whatever reason, we let our kids have Lucky Charms one time, and now, like, it's just a struggle. But I'm, <laughs> I make them eat the entire cereal before I will give them more. So, like, we have carryover cereal, like, from the day before <laughs> that they have to eat before I'll give them any more with marshmallows, <laughs> which is just, like, Funny. yeah. So we have carryover cereal, um, and then... Usually we try to do some of the like education stuff because like my eight year old has like Zoom meetings or he has to do stuff in his, you know, apps and then I'll take time um, with the two and four year old and read um, whatever. And then we kind of have this like weird dance between then and lunch where I'll usually put on like a YouTube for like like songs. Right. My mornings are so much different than hers. (laughs) The main reason is I'm like I've been smoking for so more. I think. Um, at my office, someone, some, there I had a team, couple teammates who had been alive for less years than I'd been smoking pot. Wait, can you smoke? We smoked outside. Yeah. But what do you guys do when you're at work? So, um, I vape. I bring my vape. It's easier, and I, I just. Can you outside. smoke flour outside, or is that frowned upon? Um, I think We've, it's it's pretty like well, our campus, more my building was on the campus. Um. It, there wasn't a lot like of open air spaces, so there right. I didn't like to smoke. But where we were, where we were when you were out there, because it's so much more open there, and so people can gather there, and like people to- smoke weed on the street there anyway. Yeah, I didn't tell you this, Kevin, when I went to the show that night. But just because you were so like like curious about the fact that we could just walk down the street and smoke um when i was on my way to your show i had just parked the car i was walking a few blocks to the theater and i was trying to light my this little roach end of a joint before i went in and it was so windy that i couldn't get my lighter to work and this cop was like hey i've got one of those like flameless lighters if you want me to light that for you i was like no no it's okay and he's like no no i insist (laughs) came and lit my joint for me and then proceeded to walk with me up the block and i I, like every time I would exhale, he would like look around, like he knew there was a smell coming, but couldn't believe that it would be me or something. <laughs> he ended up he was going to the show too, but he was working, so we just walked down the street. He lit my joint, and we walked to the show together. <laughs> a friendship into the sunset. <laughs> yes, a, a fantastic commercial for why one should move to Washington. Yeah, you can right? smoke weed with cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where even the cops welcome you yeah. smoking right. weed. But my morning- um, all right, so wait, oh. so that that doesn't. Even, you guys are halfway through your day, and and you it's still you can't dump these kids off, right? No, like, no, there is no dumping of the kids off. Well, my They're my morning always I, here. I, the difference between Kate and I, I think, is that I will always try to prioritize waking and baking. So I will like step outside, have a J, and then start my day. I'm with you, man. But my kid also sleeps in. Um, a little bit more, but yeah, that's because I just know that I am better for everybody in our households if I'm high. <laughs> yes, I mean that's the thing. It's like it's not selfish because it's like, look, before I could be useful for anybody, 
I have to be useful for myself and this mm-hmm. is my function. This is how I get yeah. to where I'm useful to anybody else. I, I agree with you. I, I wake up early um, and not because I want to smoke, but <clears throat> sometimes I'm just like in bed and, you know, it'll be like four or five in the morning and I'm like, well, you could roll over and sleep for another hour or you could just fucking start smoking and everything will be, you know, the day begins, the adventure begins and stuff. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's it's much more luxurious, man. Uh, you know, I, I, right now I'll f- choose to fill my days with activities like, uh, you know, podcasting or writing or streaming. You guys don't even get the fucking choice Mm-mm. of what to do with your day because it sounds like uh, like even you reference the kid having to go to Zoom school. Somebody got to set that up and shit and like that. And sit there and make sure it's done or he's yeah. not like, you know, doing something else. And I, I know Ugh. that I get to, I have the option to do that because, well, because frankly, my husband was like, I, you need to be high because you're a terror to deal with if you're not. <laughs> but also because I only have the one that it, so he's. So there's two of us. We're not outnumbered yet, you know? And we're like outnumbered. That's right. You could always pass him back and forth like a football. And And on top of that, Kate and I are both, you know, we work full time too. So in between all of this, we have to schedule. So that's why Kate, like in the morning, she has those sacred hours where she can get some stuff done. And I do that late at night because I'm much more like a night owl and I'll sleep in if I can. I go to sleep at like 8 p.m. if I could. <laughs> During this, you're also working as well still? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I From started, home. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I own my oh own my business, God. so. So wait, what is, so now, all right, so in a world where you have to do um, the earning and the mothering on a regular basis without any sort of quarantine, Mm-hmm. Now you have to do uh, the earning and the mothering and the fucking schooling and the entertaining and all that shit. Mm-hmm. How fucking excited will you guys be to go back to work, man? <laughs> I just want daycare to be back open. Yeah. I just need like a break <laughs> from the younger ones. Like I love them. They're very cute. Um, But I just like I need to remember what it feels like to miss my children. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so true. And that's something that. You know, we take for granted uh, in as much as like uh, life up until this moment in time allowed you space to love people, mm-hmm. like to miss people, to be like, oh, I like those people. Ever since the quarantine, you are face to face and nose to nose with people that you have to decide on a regular basis. Do I love them or do I tolerate this person? What is it? I know. You learn really quickly. I've said that to my son, to my youngest. He goes, I know like Ellie. Ellie is the my daughter's name. And I'm like, why? He's like, she not nice. And I was like, well, you don't have to like her, but you do have to love her. Like, yeah, totally. And, he goes, okay. and also I hit him back with like, I don't like you, but I fucking deal with you. So you deal with Ellie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then he winds up on a therapist couch years from now. What? Uh, so wait, what do you have to do for work in the midst of all this? Like, what is the job from home? I own a company. Yeah, <laughs> she owns a company. I also work for a very large um, online retailer um, that is still open for business. <laughs> so business as usual for us. But, yeah, yeah. It's so wait, insane. so and and what? What are the, and do you guys have? Respective partners and shit, mates. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> are you married? Yeah. Did they work as well? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. One hundred percent. And Eunice's husband like wasn't even home sometimes. My so my husband because like, he had to go is, into work. Still. He works in finance and he was still considered an essential, so he would still have to go into that. He still has to go to the office. 
Um, yeah, mm. so there's some days where it would just be me, all my regular meetings, and a three-year-old, and, like, me trying not to, like, cuss him out or cuss, like, you know, my manager out on the phone because I'm just like, eh, you know, but, yeah, it's crazy. Jesus, yeah. the kids, like, it, all the pot in fucking Washington should be yours. That's some, <laughs> it should be It's a lot to balance just... without fucking being stuck inside yeah. all i could do is compare it to my life and i don't have the responsibilities professionally or personally <laughs> that either of you seem to have and and i'm like i'm like wow this is a, this is this is easy but like for the for you it sounds fucking really really hard yeah it sucks it's really real i mean like <laughs> i'm not kidding like I, I, yeah it's it's horrible you know what i mean it's it's hard it's it's i think it's really hard too as a parent um, you keep having to tell your kids no, like, but for things that like you should be able to say yes to, like uh, right. going to, for a bike ride to their friend's house, or like mm-hmm. we got a trampoline right when all of this went down because I'm like we need to have options. So nice. um, we got a trampoline. They're like, you know, why can't my friends come over and jump on the trampoline? Or you know, we have a um, basketball hoop out front, and so you know, they're like, why can't Miles come over and play? You know what I mean? So it's like it's just. When did the bit? When did your business begin? Mine. Yeah. Um, just about January. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, you fucking elected to open a business and you still got three kids at home. Yep. I'm a oh, bit man. of a masochist like... and a people pleaser. I am also. Holy an shit. I, mean, I, I, I felt like I was ambitious. This is like a long time coming though. It was a long time <laughs> yeah. coming. It was a long time coming. It had been ramping. I had been doing it, um, retail consulting. And so I had been doing it just really, really low key with one brand for about the last year. And then, um, things just really started taking off, um, a, just through a bunch of really serendipitous things that, um, when I was actually laid off from like my full-time gig that I was working, um, right like during COVID, um, actually, um, I kind of just fell into a really good groove and then it's just still working, which feels mm-hmm. really, really cool. But oh, where I totally want a tangent right now. Um, <laughs> Kevin, when you were in town and when we met you, like sitting in meetings and watching you like be the advocate that you offer yourself and like how much you like yourself was like super impactful for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm oh my like god! You so sound like kidding. my wife. And, you sound like my wife and my kid, but they ne- they don't say it as a positive. Oh my god, like my, so funny. <laughs> my kid is. I'm she's like, always oh my god! Of, but then, like you know, I, I was like, why wouldn't Kevin Smith be Kevin Smith's biggest fan? And that, like, oh, I have like, to. You have to you be. Have to. So, yeah. Self advocacy, like, I mean, no one I'm else certainly is not love you sp- as much as you love yourself. Like, and you say of that course. too to me all the time. And I'm like, Eunice is good about that. I love myself. Almost as much as you love yourself, Kevin, I think. Maybe more. You have to. I mean, this is, you're the only person that you take this entire adventure with. You know, eventually we find somebody and we bind our lives together. Sometimes we make other people and whatnot, but Cradle to Grave, it's you. Like, you know how far you've gone in life because you know where you've come from and you know who you think you are at heart. Like, that's why when I couldn't, like, you know, I'm I'm doing a, a, buddy of mine is writing a book coffee table book and so for the last two weeks i've been doing like every day two hour deep dive uh interview on like uh my career and stuff so it's a long walk down memory lane that's awesome and the guy doing the book is going like jesus man you remember like incredible with incredible detail shit that happened 26 years ago and i was like 
it was the story of my life. It changed everything. I never expected any of that to fucking happen. And like, as much as, you know, I, I don't know how I felt about myself then since I was like coming out of high school and I was in my early twenties, I was probably uncertain of myself and whatnot. Um, but I love that fucking young Kevin Smith kid now. Cause I get to live a really sweet life that he laid the track for man. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, I don't know if he loved himself, but I fucking sure love him. And you know, I love that this one has been able, the one that I am has been able to keep it going. But it's not a gross kind of like I advocate it for everybody. It's like you got to love yourself, man, first and foremost, especially if you're in a business of being yourself. If yeah. you're selling yourself for your business or your business, you are the face of your business. How is somebody supposed to like want to be in business with you, um, uh, even look at you in the first place, uh, feel any confident uh, confidence about like, oh, I would like to kind of share space with this person or share finances with this person or invest in this person if you don't even believe in yourself. And that doesn't mean lie. It doesn't mean like, oh, I could do things I can't. Like, I only sell what I know I got in the warehouse, but I got to sell it. Otherwise, I can't expect other people to sell it. Like, I've lived in this life 26 years. I walk around. People have fucking T-shirts with my face on it. Like, you know, my my kid... Mm-hmm. I'm, wearing one. I'm literally wearing the peanuts, version. The peanuts version of I you. saw it it was so <laughs> awesome and my kid tried to make fun of me like two weeks ago you know we were having this conversation where uh, she said something about like you know she got a therapist and she said something about uh, Jen my wife and, and like some very therapeutic term and shit and I was like oh what do what do you what what's the term for me like when you're in therapy like how am I described by your therapist and stuff and she's like, um, I don't know. And I was like, is it, is it narcissistic? And she goes, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I said, why, why narcissistic? She goes, dad, you wear t-shirts with your face on. It. And I said, I didn't choose to do that. I said, we started a website back in 1995 and people asked us, what are you selling? And I said, I guess we're selling the idea of these movies. Like, have you seen Clerks? Have you seen Mallrats? And they said, no, are you selling shirts, posters, whatever? So people started asking for stuff. And I was like, all right. So they're asking for shit. We'll make some shit. And, you know, their favorite character at that time was Jane Silent Bob. So I wound up being on the shirts. And I'm trying to explain to the kid, like, I don't wear this because I'm like, look at me. I'm fucking proud of this. Although I am. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I'm wearing this because if I expect anybody else to buy my fucking face and wear it on their body, they damn skippy better see me doing it first. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially now in a world where not everyone's got like fucking throwaway money to spend on shit like that. So like, I, I am a big Kevin Smith fan. I love what he's done with his uh, life and career. If I was not him, I'd be a fan. I believe I don't even think (laughs) yoga hosers would have thrown me. I think I would have liked that too. So speaking of love, um, we have a question from a podcast that we actually like collaborate with. It's called the new dad pod. It's like dad, real dad parenting tips. Um, Mm -hmm. so he wanted to know, um, fuck, Mary kill Jason Muse, Jason Lee, Ben Affleck. (laughs) Oof, Jesus. That's a tough one, but I I guess it's meant to be tough. Um, let me see. Fuck. I mean, you're tempted to say Affleck because he's just so pretty and stuff. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I I mean, I've known him long enough and, and we've done everything but. So I think I have to, with all, do I marry Jay? 
Aren't you guys married? Oh my married? god, this you guys is were really... married, I think, like, it's like by law, right? <laughs> we are kind of, yeah, we're common law married as we speak. <laughs> Wait a second. Fuck, this is actually difficult. Man, because Jay would be good for two of them. And I, I have been married to him, so maybe I should choose fuck just because I know what it's like to be married to him. But then again, <laughs> in fuck, marry, and kill, you're doing this forever. So it's like, this is somebody I got to be able to live with forever. And I do know all the Jason's ups and downs and, all right, I'm marrying Jason, which is weird, um, but, but that makes the most sense because I think we'll we you know we're practically married anyway, and I we know each other well enough where it's not going to be like you know if I, like if I married Jason Lee, I love Jason to death, but like you know I, I, it's not like I see him all the time. So he's not for wife all material, I know, right? Yeah, and for all I know, well, not even wife material. What if like you know he's like a side what piece. If he's, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe a side piece. What if he's like a guy that like I just can't even what spend he, time like, with? Like he to watches get naked to take a shit or something, and you don't know that, you know? Or what if he watches sports? Even worse, what if he's like I love football, and I'm like, holy fucking shit, I can't be married what to a football. What if he hates the lover. devils? You know that I mean, look, I could even live with that. Everybody <laughs> in the world hates the devils, so <laughs> I don't know if I could. That would be a deal breaker. I'm going marry Jason Muse. Now it's like, who do you fuck, Jason Lee or Ben Affleck? Oh man! I mean, fucking, and and I don't want to then have to kill Jason Lee. There's no good reason. For this. <laughs> good reason <laughs> this is really ben. tough. This is a real Sophie's choice right here. I, I don't even know what to do in this instance. I mean, just all right. Just on a purely physical level, Affleck is very attractive to look at. So that's got to be the fuck card, right? <laughs> and then Jason Lee, only by default, winds up being killed. God, this is bad. Please don't ever tell them what order no. they got. Well, if it makes you feel, like, <laughs> feel better, hear he it. might be like and Hopefully not. This will come back to haunt me 10 years from now. Like I heard one day on a fucking podcast 10 years ago, you said you would have <laughs> fucking killed me. You could tell him it's because the option, the other option, the alternative would have been risking him farting while you're giving him head. <laughs> So true. I learned that in a movie. Oh, wait. Good point, man. Good point. I need to make Mallrats 2, Twilight and the Mallrats. So I got to change my order. Jason Mewes, I marry because I I just know him in and out. Jason Lee, I fuck because I need him around because we're doing Twilight and the Mallrats. Can't kill him. I, can, I could conceivably make Twilight and the Mallrats without Ben. So by default, he winds up being the kill. In my own self-interest, selfish self-interest. But I think that's the point of that whole exercise, right? Right. Yeah. And totally. actually, another super fan had a question. My husband, who has a quarantine mustache right now, mm-hmm. and oh my, my God. daughter hates it so much <laughs> that she's actually learning to ride a bike to spite him so that he will shave it off. <laughs> And Wait, why just a mustache? No just beard. A mustache. No, just, just a mustache. Just a mustache. It is a very full and thriving mustache. I have to say that is a uh, that must be alarming for a child because we don't live in the age of the mustache anymore. <laughs> like facial hair, yes, but the mustache. The, the mustache sends a message a to a kid. <laughs> the 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 beard says, like, uh, hey, you know, this is natural. This is what happens when you don't shave. <laughs> The mustache says, this is what happens when you shave, but you stop. This is, implies laziness. I just couldn't go the extra a couple inches. Or or it's just a weird choice, you know? Like, But we grew up in a world of mustaches as, as kids. Now, not so much. I would imagine that would alarm the shit out of a kid. Yeah. Tell her to keep riding the bike. There are, better, there are worse... 
worse reasons to learn how to ride a bike other than I want to spite dad. Yeah, I know, true. but it's funny that she's that. She's she like that, that at four. Yeah. She also actually refers to herself as a potato. She's, she asked if um, her real name could be Potato and her um, her nickname could be Ellison. <laughs> yeah. She's nice. So, so his question was, is Ben Affleck actually funny or are you just that good of a writer? He is He is uh, much funnier in real life than I actually uh, throw out there for him. He's a, honestly one of the wittiest motherfuckers I've ever met in my life. Uh, legit laugh out loud funny when he became super famous you know he's then started of course to be a little more this is how i present myself and whatnot but movie stars don't get to be uh exactly who they are out in the real world you know who they are in private right mm-hmm. so him i think of him as one of the funniest person i ever knew and most other people never think about ben affleck like that they think about him like oh he's a good actor oh he directed argo oh he's he's real pretty or oh but they like, you know, or if they've seen him on, you know, real time with Bill Maher, they're like, oh, he's incredibly fucking politically astute and shit. He's mm-hmm. well educated. But very few people go like he's fucking hysterical. And he is. He's one of the funniest people I've ever met, like right up there with Jason Mewes. But he doesn't, I guess, have to play the funny card like my whole fucking life. I've got no other cards to play but the funny card. I guess Ben's got a full house of everything else. So funny doesn't even enter the equation he could be charming you know he's great on talk shows he's wonderful on snl he'd be funny there but he doesn't have to resort to being a comic or being as funny as he is and probably he can actually save that for his real life and the people who he knows as opposed to me i spend it everywhere and stuff that's my currency in this life this has been like i don't go to therapy but i imagine i just had a breakthrough of some sort if i did <laughs> that does sound very therapeutic like yeah <laughs> it really did i just realized i feel that like there's just a weight off of all of our shoulders well really. the whole time i was just thinking oh i think of ben f like a, as almost marrying j-lo <laughs> like, yes there's that that we could have added that to the list but still you would have thought of that before you would have thought he's fucking hysterical and in my head that's like one of the first descript descriptors of ben like he's he's very funny so yeah you can report he's very funny however you can also report that i'm i'm something of a clever writer so in my stuff uh i help quite a bit make him funny. awesome Okay, so we have, do you like games? I guess I should even ask. He has games. Yeah, sure. Also. Absolutely. I mean, Fuck, Mary Kill was one of those. Right. Yes. We have a- and it was a real brain burner, man. Like, yes. crisis of conscience. I'm still dealing with the fallout. Right? So we play a game called um, Fake or Real Strain Name Game. And we have, like, certain additions. So we've done, like, Crayola Crayons or a strain <coughs> name of, of pot. Um, titles. Or a strain name. What was it? Porno. That's porn awesome. titles. Yeah, we did porn titles mm-hmm. or strains. Um, we know that you're really into comics, and so we wanted to know if you would like to play um, kind of a two-fold game. Is it a comic book or is it a strain? You have to call out which is which, and then which one is both. Oh, done and done. Okay. Uh, no guarantees. I'm certainly not saying that with overconfidence. Like, I got this, it but it sounds, sounds fun. fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A totally. bunch of moms. You know? <laughs> we'll have a bridge club by next month. <laughs> if you're if you want to start a bridge club, you have to let go either your business or one of your children. You can't do all these things. Oh my god, I know. Oh my god, I'm not kidding. Right? We haven't literally last her. night. My husband, <laughs> I was stressed out, and he's like, "Yeah, you're stressed out. You're doing too much." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I know, but I don't know how to stop." <laughs> Take it from someone who spins a lot of plates. Like 
I, I can only do that because I know that like I can lay down uh, a lot of other burdens or lay them off on, on my wife or other people and stuff like that. But uh, man, you're stacking your deck. Like just, you got to pick your times carefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't start a bridge club. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and also, do you know how to play bridge? I don't. <laughs> I, know, I remember euchre and spoons. I know, right? I like spoons. <laughs> a spoons club. A spoons club. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give you two different names. And just pick one that you think, you can either pick the one that you think is a strain or the one that you think is a comic. Whichever you feel. Okay. If you want to choose comic, I guess maybe. You say which one you think is the comic out of the two. Okay. Okay. So, between these two... Dr. Bong and Big Smooth, which is the comic book character? Dr. Bong. He comes from Howard Howard the Duck. You're right. All right, Eunice, Howard you have to keep score. Yes, Howard the Duck, which um, I'm excited to... I, I was so excited about the animated series. I know, they killed it. Hulu killed it. Um, so it's not going to happen, sadly. Uh, but I'm working on Masters of the Universe over at Netflix, so it's copacetic. But yeah... They killed it, and Dr. Bong was our big bad guy and stuff. And for those following along who are not familiar with the character, he has nothing to do with weed whatsoever. His head is a giant bell. That's why he's called Dr. Bong. That's pretty funny. I was like, maybe. <laughs> it's about a bong. <laughs> All right. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean that the creator of the character, which is probably Steve Gerber, wasn't implying or found a very creative way to That's slip true. the word bong mm-hmm. into a very fucked up comic book and stuff with a very innocent, like, no, he just has a bell for a head. <laughs> but yeah, in the in the comics, he's just represented as that. We not sheep. weed. <laughs> All right. Out of Bodie McBoatface or Pink Pearl, which one is the comic book character? Pink Pearl. Yes. You're two for two. I only knew that because Bodie McBoatface was, uh, that's a relatively recent thing. They There was that online contest to name a boat. I think it was in England or something like that, an official government boat. And they, you know, they led it to the internet and the internet fucking voted Bodie McBoatface. Can you believe and, that? Uh, <laughs> it's a true story. And then they no, were like, I we're know. not going to do that. That's what scares me, like about <laughs> the whole future. <laughs> What? I mean, but in that instance, I'll take that kind of anarchy, that kind of controlled. Fuck your boat. Call it Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> yeah, and then we're that, done because that's just, strain. I guess I kind of want to know what were they enough. expecting? Like something respectful? I don't know. Probably they were like, "Oh, I'm sure they'll they'll nominate a national hero or something." I mean, they're lucky <laughs> they weren't like the Spider Man or something like that. Bodie McBoatface, which they kept as a co-title, they eventually had to. <laughs> call it something else, but they also kept it as Bodie McBoatface. Because knows the captain wants to call that in when he's trying to talk. He's like, I, I would love to be the captain of yeah, Bodie McBoatface. I would. I'd be a rock star. Right? I know. I'd love It'd to, have to like a, be a party a nice boat. Sale on Bodie exactly. <laughs> okay. We the next one. Are you ready? Oh yeah. You're two for two. All right. Galactic Jack or Dream of the Endless. Dream of the Endless is a comic book. Yes, you're three for three. Look at this. Oh my god, I feel so fucking accomplished. I didn't even leave my house. (laughs) You're so intelligent. (laughs) I'm so trained for this. As long as people ask me very specific questions, I can be the smartest person in the room. Totally. (laughs) Especially if you're the only one in the room. (laughs) Exactly. If I'm alone, generally, I got a fifty-fifty shot of being the smartest guy in the room. All right. 
Heavy Flow or Professor Chaos? Uh, Professor Chaos is the comic book character. No, it's the strain. Dun, dun, dun. So Heavy Flow is a character, yep. comic book character? She is from wow. a Image Comics series called Savage Dragon. Oh, and Eric her Larson. Fire, or her fire. <laughs> She's a villain, and um, her superpower is like drowning people in menstrual blood. <laughs> oh, wow. It's tied to it? Oh, wow. I feel like it has to be. There's not much more you can convey with a name like that. Heavy flow. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. I've, I've, I've fallen by one. Damn it. It's okay. That was a tricky one because Image Comic, I don't know that that's as well known. I mean, they're huge. I mean, don't they are, don't but get me wrong. But, but I, didn't, I didn't fuck with Image as much as I fucked with DC and Marvel my whole life. Yeah. Uh, but hats off to Eric Larson, creator of Savage Dragon and Heavy Flow. <laughs> Apparently, his time has come. <laughs> All right, last one. Three right, one wrong. Mr. Nice or Moon Knight? Well, Moon Knight's comic book character. Yes! Ah! You did really good. That was really good. I mean, four out of five is not bad, but still, I gotta. I, I feel like uh, I feel a little. Di- I feel like I lost a little credibility with the '90s indie comics crowd. Oh my god! <laughs> First, we can't do video. Then we do this. I literally <laughs> wrote a on a piece down. of paper. I wrote on a piece of paper next to Eunice that said, "He hates us." LOL. I was like, "No, <laughs> not at all." Are you kidding me? Uh, this is such a joy to sit around and talk weed, and also you gave me a healthy dose of perspective that I'm then going to go pass on. To my wife, because I was like, you know, I just talked to the pop moms. Let me tell you their horrible day. I was going to say, oh, my God. Yes. Give <laughs> her that perspective. Wife, would, your, is your, would your wife want to come talk to us on the show? She would, but she's not a pop person. It's she's okay. uh she, she could talk about she, living I'll, with a pop person. And being I will a mom. T- yeah, oh, my God. She'll have lots of lots to tell you. I will totally ask her, man. We just got back to uh, we used to do a show called Plus One, a podcast for years. And then we stopped. And then over at, uh, we just opened up that Kevin Smith Club over at my website. Mm-hmm. Uh, she started doing the podcast again with me. So we're two episodes back into it. And it's the my favorite podcast I do. I do a bunch of podcasts, but it's my favorite one I do because it's the one that is closest to me. Like on the other ones, I get to perform more, but she's not into any of my shit. She doesn't fucking talk <laughs> comics. Like, so no. like, you know, she forces me to be more myself and stuff. So it's fun, but I'll ask her. Yeah. If she wants to come on, we are also, you got to get Jordan. though. she's a pop. I know. She runs we our- love Jordan. Um, we I, met I her literally when we were in LA. Jordan that, like, she's I'm, like, lovely. I'm obsessed with you. Like all the time. I'm like, Jordan, we're going to be best friends. <laughs> she is awesome. She's, she's and I'm like, uh, you can stop creeping her. <laughs> and I'm like, don't she's, be scared. She is a pop mom for, she, she just don't broadcast cast it yeah as much but you know Which she's is, definitely it's hard right. to do it i mean like my like me doing this was like a, to a lot of people who didn't know me on that level like them mm-hmm. knowing that i was smoking weed and i mean yeah it's it's crazy i remember i remember when i quote unquote came out it was scary for me too i was uh, we'd been recording smodcast the podcast that i do with scott Mosier for years at that point um let me see we started in 2007 and I started smoking weed on the regular basis at the end of 2008. So in the early, early 2009, I had to break it to the audience. And, you know, I was afraid, afraid that they were, the audience was going to judge me and be like, cause I'd never been a stoner. I made movies about stoners, but you know, I'd never been a stoner myself. And so for a while I was afraid to 
let it be known. And I used to smoke cigarettes on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So you would always hear, you know, me lighting the lighter. So when I switched over to weed and once I switched to weed, I stopped smoking cigarettes and stuff. The, that part didn't change. You would always hear the lighter, but the conversations got way more fucked up. So I, I, after a couple months, I did an episode, I think it was called Smod Cushed, where I finally came out and I was like, I have been smoking weed on a regular basis, wake and bake stoner for the last few months and this is who I am and this is my big declaration episode. And I'll be honest, there were a few people that were turned off by it. For a few real? people who were like, oh, for God's sakes, yes, for real. Mm -hmm. There were some people that were like, you know, you, you realize like the rest of the world doesn't look like where you live. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, granted this was years ago before weed went legal, but you know, we're in California, you're in Washington. Like these are places where it's easier to smoke weed than it had been in other parts of the country and stuff. And in those other parts of the country, you know, it's got a reputation that goes back to the eighties. It's, it's right there with weed and, and, and uh, with uh, cocaine and heroin and yeah. stuff. So there was definitely a bit of a, a fall off. Some people that left, who are like, I, I'm not, I'm not down with this. And you can definitely find people online who will cite me becoming a stoner as the beginning of like his movies. Now they all suck since he became a stoner. Mm -hmm. But to be fair, they were saying my movie sucked before I became a stoner <laughs> as well. So. so fucking judgmental, like, but it's because that's it all lines. we got. Yeah. That's it's the great distraction, you know. Because otherwise, you're forced to fucking what Look deal with Look your day yourself. where you've got yeah. 27 things to do, or or yeah. deal with your own demise. Ultimately, yeah. it's it's a distraction. The only thing I try to tell people, like when they kind of come after me and whatnot, because I got a lot of experience now. I've been dealing with this shit for like 26 years. Is like you could take that energy. Like I get it. You don't like me. Whatever. I represent. You hate me. You're mad at me. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> Instead of just coming at me and saying some shitty things on the internet. Use that as fuel, because if you're looking at me and you're like, he is, he doesn't, he's not worthy. Why him and why not me? That should be a light to you. It should be like, look, if a fucking chimp like Kevin Smith can make it work, then a genius <laughs> like me can put it together and whatnot. Use me as the, the hate fuel that gets you to your fucking dream. But if you're just going to sit there, spin wheels and being like, you suck and here's 10 reasons why. You're wasting that good energy. I take energy like that, competitive energy. That makes me do shit. That makes me go, oh, fuck, I want to do something new. That's like the feeling I get when I'm sitting around watching TV. I can't do it for too long because I'm like, motherfucker, you could do this for a living. Stop watching and go make something and stuff. <laughs> so I, I don't get it. I don't understand how after all this time, the negative people can't fucking make the simple leap of like, the energy I'm about to put into putting this hostility into the world via a fucking tweet or a fucking message on a post, a board or a fucking comment or something, I could literally turn into the raw, powerful fuel to take me someplace else towards something I want to do, something I'm not known for doing, step outside my box. Because if fucking idiots like these people online that I hate can do it, then I should be able to do it. But they don't make that same leap, man. And that's why they just sit there carping and saying shitty things if you're listening to this kids and you think like you know yeah but it's fun to make fun of shit sure it is but that's its own reward that's all you get out of it mm -hmm. if instead if you take that fucking someone feel like but well that and it's but it's the easier lazier choice right it's because you don't yeah there it's it is it's the lazier choice and and, and there must be some joy you know the schadenfreude there, people must get off on watching somebody else get hurt adds a little bit of 
power to their day, but it's fast slipping power. It means nothing. The moment you sign off of your fucking computer, it's done. You want, you want real power? You take that fucking envy, you take that hate, you take that enmity, and you turn it into fuel to make something. Listen to these ladies right here. One motherfucker's got 96 kids and she started a business. In the, well, and, and we're in the middle a of a time job. Don't forget about that. On top of that as well. So like you can't sit around and, and say that it can't be done. There are people that like do. And those people that do the big secret, you know, people are always like, why them? Here's why. Because they would never waste their fucking time sitting around and going like, oh, you know what sucks? That fucking thing. Like, that's the trap. You fall into that trap. You don't get to do things. You don't move forward. And if you like attacking people, congrats, because you're going to get to do that for the rest of your fucking life and not move forward. You want to move forward. Stop fucking paying attention to what other people are doing and do your own fucking thing. Mm -hmm. Nose down. Stick on the fucking ice. Christ's sakes, man. It's a very simple equation, but a lot of people can't put it together. You know who can? Fucking stoners. We get it, man. Yeah, it's true. But it's like kind of goes back to what you said, like when the first couple of times that you really like loved pot is because you loved yourself. And I think that's one of the things that pot does is just lets me be me. And I love me so much that, you know, it's easier for me to not be distracted or to really, really tune out or utilize, you know, or take, you know, negative feedback and try to do something with it. Like I let myself, I literally let myself pout for about it for like a, a hot second and then I'll go smoke, get high. And then I forget why I was so upset, <laughs> you know? So it's a, that's a, it's a wizened way to live, man. And, and anybody out there who'd be like, Oh, all this self-love talk makes me uncomfortable. You have to examine why the idea of fucking loving yourself would make you uncomfortable. If you hear somebody talk about, Oh, I love myself when I smoke weed. That's the biggest commercial for fucking smoking weed there is because right? guess what? Yeah. Nobody out there fucking loves themselves. Everybody sits there hating on themselves and mm -hmm. shit like that. So if you sit there listening to this, maybe you got the knee jerk reaction where you're like, love yourself. Fuck you guys, man. And then try it. Just give it a fucking shot the next day. I remember my sister once told me when I wanted to be a filmmaker, I said, uh, I, she said, what you been up to? I said, I saw this movie and I decided I want to be a filmmaker. I, I so that's it. From now on, I want to be a filmmaker. My sister goes, oh, okay, then be a filmmaker. I said, I will. That's my plan. I want to be a filmmaker. She goes, then be a filmmaker. I said, that's what I'm hoping to do. I'm going to be a filmmaker. She goes, so be a filmmaker. I said, what kind of fucking mind game is this? She goes, well, you're talking about wanting to be. She said, don't want to be anything. Just be a filmmaker. She's like, in every move you make, you know, in all of your thoughts, do it as a filmmaker. You just haven't made your film yet. And, you know, it sounded a little Tony Robbins and shit. Uh -huh. So at first, like, my knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> but in my my knee-jerk reaction was like, oh, this sounds so fucking artsy-fartsy. But it cost nothing to try. And so the next day, I gave it a shot. And that was 20 fucking eight years ago, kids. And, like, I've been a filmmaker for 26 fucking years. That's awesome. Uh, professionally and stuff. So... <laughs> There is so we've power got to this shit. another year and a half. No, but another year of the podcast, and then we'll be, and then we'll be, good. and then, then you're there. <laughs> then we'll be able to get video Absolutely. with Kevin Smith. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, then you'll of, be vested. One of my favorite quotes oh, of all me. time is, um, "Is trying is the first step to failure." So, like, I and then I add to that. Um, so don't try, just do. But yes. um, that quote is from um, Homer Simpson. Jason. Uh, <laughs> but so uh, mine is uh, I love failure is just success training. It's that simple. Yeah. 
Um, all right, kids. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much, Kevin. You such an amazing time. You guys rock, man. Hopefully next time we do it, we do it with video. And yes. meanwhile, I'll ask my old lady if she feels like and jumping And we would love carpet. to have Harley on to talk about yeah, like, parenting the and cannabis and how that. And just if that's. Ever. Oh my God! Did that you may have struck gold with that one. She loves the sound of her own voice, like her yes. father, so she might do that. Oh, I love it too. So we both, yay! We can all have a party just listening to ourselves. <laughs> awesome, Kevin! Thank you so much. Thanks, kids. Have a great day. All right, bye bye. Bye, mom. Super mom, there she is, doing it all, looking so beautiful. <laughs>